this weekend. I could not wait. Shelby at, at home, she's been working me like a dog, man. I could not wait, could not wait to get here. And, and, uh, and we've, we've done this thing, you know, and we've, we've built these uh, uh, raised beds, you know. We're going to grow some vegetables. And, and uh, you know, you, you, got the, you got the boxes sitting right there. They're really cool. You know, they got this, I've built this thing so, you know, you can put stuff over it to keep the other things out of the stuff that you put in the box. And, and uh, you can tell I'm really into this stuff. I know a lot about this. And... Uh, but right now there's no dirt, you know, in the box. They're under the, but not in the box. You know, don't have, don't have the dirt yet in the box. But you know, if I come back week after week after week, and 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 we never put anything in the dirt, you know, I ain't gonna get no garden stuff, right? I just you know walk out there to that empty raised bed. I guess God doesn't love me. He ain't giving me cucumbers. I've been praying cucumber prayers. I, have, I, I love cucumbers, man. I, and you know what's cool about them is I'm like the only one in the family that eats them. So I get them all. But, you know, it, but he's just not producing. I can't understand why God's not producing cucumbers in my life. I don't get it. It's not fair. Other people have cucumbers. Why don't I have cucumbers? You know, well, come on. You look at me like you're an idiot. And you'd be right. And that's why sometimes I look at you like, that because you want to harvest the Bible's the Bible's clear the sower sowed the seed the seed was the word of God you know if you're not putting seed you ain't getting harvest and there's going to come a day you're going to need what the seed can produce in your life you might be cruising along fine right now but I tell you you know I might have been born at night but it wasn't last night something happens in everybody's life Stuff occurs, and you, you need more than what you got. You're going to need that garden to be producing, so you got to sow some seed. Get in the Word of God. Amen. Hold your Bible up. Let's make a confession together. Lift it way up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I've got a teachable spirit. From this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Shout it. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give Jesus one more big hand this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We're excited about what God's doing and what He's doing in lives and families and communities. And God's just doing great things. Amen. He's doing great things. Somebody's sowing seed. You know, you know Joshua 1.8, it says, uh, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So that you might observe to do all that is written therein. So that then your way will be made prosperous. Then you'll have great success. You know, you, you want to prosper. God's plans to prosper you. So, uh, uh, and I think a lot of times we think that that means that God's just going to make prosperity occur. No, it means you have a responsibility to prosper. God's plans for you to prosper. Then you need to be prosperous. Right? And you can't be prosperous unless you get involved. Right? You, 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 you gotta engage and you, you engage in God life. And, and he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Don't, don't, don't ever let your mouth run dry of God's word. Right? God's word's never not in your mouth. You, you know, some of us say the dumbest things. Because our words are seeds, you know, right? Our words are seeds. And, and, uh, you know, 
if you haven't figured it out yet, get this, because, you know, uh, uh, Mark 4, it, and by the way, if you only had, if, if you had to pick one chapter of the Bible and, 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 you know, and they said you get one chapter and that's all you get the rest of your life, choose Mark 4. Is that chapter, you, you can live a successful, victorious Christian life if you just got Mark chapter 4. And in that chapter, you know, there, there's so many great things, but uh, he, he's just teaching them. You know, about the word and your words. And, and he says in Mark 4, he says, To him who has shall more be given. And to him who has not, even what he has is taken away. And, and uh, you, you know, you get more of what you got, usually because you're, that's the seed you're sowing, because you, that's what you're talking. You're talking what you got. Anybody can use their words to define a thing. But it takes somebody that's got some wisdom to understand that, we don't use our words simply to define things. We use our words to change things. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. What's God got to say? Because that's who I need to get in alignment with. That's who I need to get in agreement with. I need to say what God says. Right? We need to quit saying some of the stupid stuff and defining our problems and the storm and the situation. And, and, and you know, isn't it crazy that if, if, if somebody tells you that you've got something in your physical body, you, you know, we know people that go to the Internet and before the week's over, they, they know all of the long, you know, pronunciations. They can spell it forwards and backwards. They know all of the symptoms. They know the, the odds. They know the treatments. They know all, if you had spent that much effort studying the Word of God, you probably wouldn't have that thing in your body. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Meditate. You, you know, it's the predominant thought. You spend enough time in the Word of God that you're aligning your thoughts. Isn't that what Romans 12 talks about? That you would not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? With the Word of God, that you would renew your mind. That, that you begin to line up the way you think with what God says. So, and, and, you know, he's given great instruction. You know, don't let your mouth be empty of the word. Don't let your mind wander off some strange place. Get people in your life who can nudge you back on when, when, when you're getting off track. Right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get some, some people in your world that have permission. You say, wait a minute. Whoa, Charlie. You know, you're saying the wrong thing. You're thinking wrong. You know, I don't know about you, but carnality kind of shows up every now and then in my world. It just happens. You know, I don't know. Maybe I spent too much time with Shelby's family. I don't know. <laughs> Wednesday night. I shouldn't tell you guys this stuff because, you know, usually somebody tries to use it against me later, but I don't care. Wednesday night. We, we had a great, man, Wednesday night was awesome. Just in the presence of God and you know, God just kind of took over and redirected and we had a great time. And at the end of the service, every Wednesday night, you know, uh, we, we have one gentleman that comes and he's, he's a tremendous blessing. And, and, uh, uh, but he, there's a taxi that's on assignment and they come and they pick him up at the end of the service and then they, and they take him home. And, and quite often we'll be here for a long time waiting for the taxi because they forget him or they do, you know, it's a, it's sometimes it's a mess, you know, but, but he's worth it. You know, because I'll, I'll sit out in the hall in, in the foyer with him, and we'll sing "Heart of Worship," and he he, he loves that song. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll play it on the iPad and do the video, and and he'll say, "That's awesome!" like 19 times. And uh, uh, so, so you know, but but the taxi guys, you know, 
So we waited Wednesday night, and it, it was a while. And, and when they showed up, I, you know, I just, you know, just going out and good night and getting in the car and, and uh, you know, back up and pull right over here to, to leave. And my phone rings. And you do know that when you are in the car and your phone rings, that means your seatbelt's on and the phone's in the front pocket, right? Inevitably. So I stop and put it in park and take out the seatbelt and, you know, dig around trying to get my phone out of my pocket and, you know, pull it up. And it's Todd, and Todd's also in the parking lot. And I'm thinking, well, I better answer this because if I leave an answer, you know, something might be up and I'd have to come right back. So I just sat there and I, and I answered hello and Todd, you know, and he starts talking tell, you know, and, and telling me something because something's changed. We hadn't even got out of the parking lot and had a plan. Something's changed. And, and behind me, I hear this beep, beep. Don't ever honk at me. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. It's like a trigger. You, you know, you know, uh, different people were talking last night and they said, you know, it's kind of, kind of like if you're a waitress and somebody goes, you know, that's not good. Don't don't do that. You know, don't snap your finger. Hey, you know, they don't like that. Honking does not work for me. And, uh, and before before I even realized what, what was happening, I was. On the driver window, and he, he rolled it down about this far, and you know I scared him. And uh, uh, and he's like, "Dude, I have to hurry. I'm late." And I go, I, "I know you're late. Are you serious? You know I've been waiting for you. We wait for you every week. We don't say a word to you." And and I pause, and you and, and and I'm thinking to myself, "I need to go back inside the building." And uh, <laughs> uh, and I got people in my world. You know, Shelby's in the car. Get in the car, Tom. Thomas Mark, get in here. You know, and, uh, and, and she's been putting up with that. On our honeymoon, on our honeymoon, somebody honked at me. And it wasn't good then either. And, and uh, you know, but there's, you know, always stuff's going to happen. And you need people in your life who can say, where'd you, where'd you find that at? Looking in here, I can't. I can't, I can't show, show, show me this, that one. You need it. Right? Why? Because he said, if, if you'll not let this word depart out of thy mouth, if you'll meditate day and night, then you can do everything it says. Then you're going to have success. A lot of us want the success and we want the prosper, but we don't want to discipline ourselves. You know, remember when Jesus said to Peter, he said, upon this rock, he's talking about revelation knowledge. And he said, upon this rock, this is, this is how I'm going to build the church. When he's talking about building the church, isn't he talking about building your life? I mean, come on. Know you not that ye are the temple? You're it. You know, he, he, when Jesus is going to build the church. He wasn't building buildings. He was building lives. And he, and he said, man, this is how I'm going to build your life. And I'm going to bring revelation knowledge. He's going to build your life. Right? And the gates of hell. Won't be able to prevent you. And the very next verse, what does it say? Because I'm going to give you the keys. I'm giving you the keys. Well, see, it takes a key to open the gate that the enemy's erected to keep you out of the place that God's leading you to. There are keys that open doors that allow you to go where, where God's calling you and what, and the, and the path that He's carved for you and the future that He's got for you. He's got a future and a hope and, and, and you got to use the keys. To open the gates. Well, there's a key I want to talk about for just a minute or two this morning. And it's a, it's a key to God life. It's found in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
And it's, it's, a, it's a principle, a mindset that is important to God because it really opens doors that no other key can, can open. Do, do you have keys that open specific doors? You know, and, and uh, you know, we've done all kinds of stuff just around here, you know, over the years with different keys and trying to get one key that would open everything. It doesn't work. You know, because we have, you know, too, too many, you know, different styles of locks and too many kinds of doors. And, and we've gotten it down, you know, to where we've got most of them. But there's one door that you can't get in without the, that one key because it's a special kind of lock for that kind of door. And it just doesn't work that way. And, and, and a lot of us, you know, we think we have the master key. You don't have the master key. You've got some keys. But there are certain doors that take a specific key. And I'm telling you, one of, one of the keys that I'm going to give you this morning is so vital that we get it. And, and, and really, it, it's kind of contrary to, to our normal way of living life. It doesn't really fit society's mindset. Let, let, let me tell you a story about a gal who was, uh, uh, she's just an incredible woman in, in the Bible. Her name's Rebecca. Okay? And, and Rebecca, you, you know who she is, right? She becomes... The husband, or the husband, she becomes the husband. No, she doesn't. Uh, she becomes the wife of Isaac. And, uh, you know, Abraham's getting really old. Sarah's already died. Isaac's about 40. And in this day and age, in that time frame, it was the father who did the matchmaking uh, for, for the kids. I wonder how many of us would have ended up with the spouse we have right now if our parents had picked them out. I would have. No matter of fact, I did, really. Never stopped thinking about it. How, how cool would that be if you just didn't have to worry about chicks no more? I'm going to handle it for you. <laughs> Look at the pressure that relieves from you. I'm having a, an, an epiphany. Okay. All of a sudden, well, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Uh, okay, here's the deal. Abraham didn't even do the job himself. He had his head servant do it. Uh, look at this, Genesis 24, verse 1. Abraham was old, well advanced in years. This verse is so awesome. The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. What, what, wouldn't it be awesome if you could realize that at the end of the day, when you reach the end and you look back, you're going to realize the Lord has blessed you in all things. You know, Todd mentioned a verse this morning, uh, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. You'll live the life you were meant to in your whole house, too. If we would just put our entire trust in the master and just realize that if we seek him first in his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, he's going to add everything else to it. He said, you don't even need to worry about that stuff. Why? Because at the end of the day, you're going to find out that he has blessed you in all things. In all things. He caused everything to work together for your good. And how does God bless? Well, you know, the Bible, you know, the way you study the Bible is called the law of first mention. You go back to the first place something's mentioned, and, the, and if you trace it through the Bible and it begins to repeat, now you know the character of God and how he does it. And in Genesis 1, it says that God put Adam and Eve in the garden and blessed them and said. So how, how does God bless? He, it's his word. It's his, he speaks. 
And his word, the word blessed means to be positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. So God sets you up to win by, by, through his word in your life. That's, that's really another reason why you've got to get the word of God in your life. Because the word of God is going to empower you to win and succeed regardless of the situation. Right? Uh, Isaiah 43, about verse 18. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me I'm going to condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. Yeah, we got some stuff because of the word of God. Right? We, we've got some stuff. And you, like Abraham, are going to be able to say, he's blessed me. You've got to remember Abram. Abram, right? Same guy. Abraham, Abram, before God changed his name. Abram. Abram was a dude, he wasn't really even what you and I would call, you know, a God chaser or, or a Christ follower, obviously, before Christ. Uh, uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't even really call him, you know, of the family of faith. This guy, this guy was just out staring at rocks in the middle of the desert. I mean, he was just worshiping stuff. But God showed up. You know, there was something inside of him that had him looking, and God showed up. And God speaks to him and says, here's what you're going to do, buddy. You're going to pack up and, and move away from your kindred and your family and your hometown. And you're going to, you're going to go someplace that you ain't never been before to some people you ain't never met before to, to do something that you ain't even thought about before. And Abram was, uh, was a guy that just said, I'm on it. We got a guy here. Listen, there, there's, there's something that set him up to be blessed with all of his life. And it was just a, an attitude of obedience. And when God spoke to him, he got he he just jumped to it. He did it, and he did it with with everything within him. And 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 he kind of you know he was above and beyond kind of guy. And look what happened at the end of his life. The Lord had blessed him in all things. And Abraham said to his eldest servant Eliezer, he said. Uh, who ruled over all he had. He said, I beg you, put your hand under my thigh. You, right? We're getting ready to make an oath. And, and he said, you're going to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I have settled. But you're going to go to my country, to my relatives, and take a wife for my son Isaac. Now, can you imagine having that job description given to you? Uh, you're, I want you to load up and go off and... I'm going to tell you where to go. You ain't never been there before. You ain't never met these people before. You're going to find a gal there that you don't know who she is. You're going to bring her back, and she's going to marry him a kid, okay? Make sure she's hottie. Make, get, get, him, get him a hottie. You know, get a good looker. And, and, uh, and uh, can, you, can you imagine that that's your job description? Where are you going? Not exactly sure. You know, can, can, can you hear him talking to his friends? You're leaving tomorrow? Yep. Where are you going? I don't know. Who are you going to meet? No, I, I don't know any of their names. The gal, what's she look like? She don't have a clue. This guy loads up ten camels. Okay, and puts you got to read the story later. We don't have time today, but but you got you got to realize he's he's got a pretty good sized caravan. He's got ten camels, and the the Amplified Bible says that he took some of all of his master's treasure. Some of all of it. He, he's got some stuff, man. He's headed off, and, and he's got this job in front of him. He's got to go convince some young gal to leave her homeland, her family, her friends, travel great distance to marry a man she's never met. Not too big of a deal. And uh, they seem kind of stacked against him. He's going to travel 435 miles, uh, 25 miles a day with a camel. It takes him about 17 days of the journey. And I'm pretty certain that most of that time was spent in prayer. I'm telling you, this this guy's praying. God, you got to direct my steps. I, you know, I, 
this is important. This is important. And, and, and so he sets it up, he sets God up, and he doesn't make it easy on God. You know, you read the story, and, he's, and, and he gets to a town, I think it's Nahor, and, and he, get, he gets there, and, he, and he's, he's praying this prayer, and he says, okay, God, here's what we're going to do. We're going to park the camels out in front of the well. The, the women are going to come out at the end of the day, and they're going to get water. I'm going to walk up to one of them. I'm going to ask them, would you give me a drink? She's going to say, sure, and she's going to give me a drink and to a total stranger. And, but she's, well, she's going to say, and when, when, uh, uh, when, when you're done drinking from the jar, let me have it back, because I'm going to go water your camels, too. Let's make it. Let's make it easy on God. You know. You know what I think motivated him to to do that is because he'd been around Abraham so long. He knew that if he brought somebody home who didn't have that mindset to go above and beyond, these people would drive her nuts. Because God's going to speak to these guys because He always does, and they're going to do it, and she's going to have to be prepared. To live this lifestyle with the understanding that enough is not enough. I mean, picture this. You ever go to Costco to get water? Anybody? You know, I love Costco. A couple times a week, you know, usually swing through Costco. And going to Costco, we get the water. And, you know, we'll, we'll get 10, 12, 14 cases of water and put it on the thing. You know, that's heavy. And, and, you know, I wonder how many of us, if we were at Costco headed out to the car and we had a couple flats of water on there and somebody that we didn't know came up and said, could I have one of those? I wonder how many of us would first say, okay, without on the inside going, why can't you buy your own water? You know, walk inside the door, go past the thing, and down there in the hall, there's a water fountain. Get your own drink. You know, I just wonder. I wonder how many of us would actually do what she did and say, hey, have a bottle of water, and while you drink that, pull over to the gas pump, and I'll fill your car up, too. Because that's what she did. You know, she, she invested two hours, a minimum of two hours, to water ten camels, because, you know, they don't sip. Hard work at the end of the day. She, had, she hadn't been sitting around all day. She wasn't, you know, like hanging out at Z Place. I mean, right? She's going to go there after the camels, but not before. And, uh, you know, she had to work. And she had this mindset. She had this mindset that said, you know what? I'm not going to just do enough. But I'm going to do more than enough. And she didn't do just a little more. She went way beyond. Have you ever had somebody that did something for you totally out of the blue? Not because you manipulated them. Not because you tricked them. But just out of the blue. And they did something that was such a blessing to you. And it, it kind of did something on the inside of you that you knew. That you knew not only do they love me. Not only do they care about But obviously so does God. Because they would have never even... Dreamed of that had God not sown it into their heart. Ever had that happen? 
Shelby and I just, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a, a, a couple of instances that, that, that have just really been, I mean, you know, we got kids graduating and Bible school and high school and, you know, college coming and all of this stuff and, and, and a lot of experience. Expenses and, and, you know, and we've, we've had to do some things, and quite frankly, you know, uh, it just seems like no matter what we've done to get ready, we just weren't exactly ready. So, you know, we've made a few changes, and, and, but, one, you know, a couple of people have done some things that were just out of the blue, and, and we don't even know who they were. And uh, what a blessing. And I think that's how, you know, this gal's lifestyle made other people feel. You know, Jesus in Matthew 5, can you imagine hanging with Jesus? Jesus, you know, what did he say? If somebody hits you on the cheek, what do you do? Turn the other cheek, right? Uh, you know, if somebody sues you and, and they're asking for your shirt, give them your overcoat too. What do you mean? I'm going to appeal. Come on, isn't that our mindset? No way. They don't deserve that. That's not justice. That's not right. And he said, don't, no, no, don't fight that. I want you to be radically different. He said, if, 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 if they ask you to walk a mile, what do you say? Go two. You do realize that according to Roman law, a soldier could ask any Jew to carry his pack. The, the law literally, literally reads his burden. Whatever he had. He could, he could legally ask and require him to carry it for one mile. So if you got stopped on your way to work one morning and a Roman soldier said, hey, pick that up and come with me, you couldn't say, well, I, I can't right now. I, I've got to, I'm, on, you know, I, I'm on my way to work. It was, it was a law. And Jesus said, I want you to be so radically different that when, when they ask you to do that, I, I want you to just have it in your mind. I'm not going one, I'm going two. Carrying this stuff two miles. Why? Because you can do it one mile under the law or two miles in total freedom. But not only that, not only do I want you to have freedom and not be controlled by, by law, but I want you to be so radically different that people in the community, that, that when they watch you respond to life, they go, oh, he's one of those guys. Your, your lifestyle and your mindset is so influenced by God's way that it's obvious. You're, you're a Christ follower. Well, wait, if we do this, people will take advantage of us. How do you take advantage of someone who's given you the advantage? We'll be manipulated. Can't. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Well, at the end of the day, I'm going to, at the end of the day, the Lord blesses us in all things. I'm telling you, it's a key. The second mile philosophy. Look at, look at Genesis 24, verse 21. The man stood gazing at her in silence, the, the servant, waiting to know if the Lord had made his trip prosperous. He, he's watching her, in, he's gazing at her in silence because she is absolutely responding the way he asked God to have her respond. She's, she's responding with this second mile principle it's really cool look at verse 20 she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well man she's got this attitude you know why'd she why, why would she run it was survivor it was you know that night survivor was coming on 
No, she had, she had this. Man, she just wanted to take care of somebody. She was meeting somebody's need. He goes on and he says at, at, at the end, you know, he, he, gives her, he gives her some jewelry and, and he says, Hey, uh, any chance that you got a place for ten camels to hang out for the night? And she says, We've got lots of room, lots of property, and we've got lodging too. And the Bible says that then he knew this was the one. Let, let me just tell you something. She had no idea the door that she opened up. She, she didn't realize that key had unlocked a gate that would change everything in her future. She didn't realize that she had just opened the door and she had, she had entered into a relationship that would tie her to the richest people on the planet. She didn't realize that one day, one day, you know, she'd be the, she'd be a proud mama, but twins. She'd have, she'd have, uh, you know, anointed lot. She didn't realize that one day she'd be the great, great, great bunch of greats. Grandmother of the Messiah. See, you don't realize the door that's opening up when your mindset and your heart, right, you know, your heart's made right with, and you do life God's way. You don't know what's coming. The other side of the coin is you don't realize What's being taken from you when you don't have this key? That when all you do is just enough. Remember the guy that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? A lot of us have that attitude. What, what must I do? You know, I don't know how many times there have been, there've been individuals that we, we're looking at and, and we're thinking, okay, we're going to bring this guy on a team and we're going to start promoting. And, but they have this attitude of, well, do I have to be here? And I gotta tell you something, you don't ever have to be here. You know, we call it passion for the mission. If you ain't got passion for the mission, we're glad you're with us, but you probably ain't one, you know, with us. You think about business owners and people that you, that you hire and in the, in the hiring process, if you ask certain questions and you find, and you get a response and you can tell this guy's, you know, he's going to be here one minute before he has to clock in and he's going to be waiting by the clock at the end of the day. And he's looking at what does he get and what are my benefits and what, have you ever thought, have you ever thought, I wonder what benefit the company gets because I'm here. How, how do I how do I bring something to the table that's going to be a blessing to everybody? See, I got three points for you. Number one, you ready? Number one, take the first mile seriously. You know, very very few of us are actually going to really jump right off and leap into second mile philosophy. But at least we could do is make the first mile you know filled with integrity. You know, get serious. That, you know, whatsoever you find your hand to do, do it with all your might. Jump in there and get on it. You know, what would happen at home if, if uh, you know, if you have this attitude in your house? With your, with your kids, with your spouse, with your neighbors. You know, point number two is water the camels with a smile. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, every once in a while, and you know, and you know, God's working on me, and, and you're praying for me, and I appreciate it. But every once in a while, Shelby will ask me to do something. You know, I, I'm so blessed. 
You know, Shelby, Shelby's just got this heart and this attitude, and she's just, she's, she serves her family. She ministers to us. And uh, every once in a while, she'll ask me to do something. And, you know, well, when the boys respond like I do, I call it leaking. You leaking? Because, you know, there's this great escape of air. Can you do this? And they go, you're leaking. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, Shelby asked me to do something, and I'll catch myself doing that. Like, don't you know I'm busy? What are you doing? Nothing. Uh, You know, I'm tired. I've had a long day. Like, she hasn't, right? You know, know, it's kind of like talking under your breath. Not so people can understand, but just loud enough so they can hear you. Right? Because you've got something you want to communicate. Like, I don't appreciate this. I'm going to do it. But it's only because I'm that good. Right? Because, because, because I have a servant's attitude. Uh, wrong mindset. You, you know, and I've got to tell you something over, over the 27, 28 years of marriage that I've learned, and I think some of the other men have probably learned this too. But I'll tell you one thing about Shelby. She has incredibly good hearing. <laughs> uh, we we got to change that thing. We need to do this with a smile. You know, you need everything you do, whether it's work, whether it's play, whether it's volunteer service, we need to be joyful about it. Why? Because it's unlocking the future. You don't know what's coming. She didn't know that when she was watering camels that she had just tied herself in a unique relationship to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But she did. You ought to realize that God's opening doors for you and He's giving you keys. And when you use the key, it's unlocking the gate. And hell can't prevent you from the future that God has planned for you. Quit acting like, oh, this is such a burden. It's not a burden, it's a key. You're unlocking a gate. Third point is, make it a lifestyle. I mean, take every step serious. And do it with joy. Get, get a smile on your face and, and serve and be a blessing. Don't find out, you know, the least you can do. Go way above and beyond. And bring it to every aspect of your life. Because there's future in every arena of your life. And you just, you know, we just got to be those people that say, you know what? I, I want the world, when they watch me live, I want them to go, oh, he's, he's one of those guys. That no matter what happens, at, at the end, your final outcome is always better than your current condition. That it just doesn't seem to, just doesn't seem to matter what you encounter. You look back and you realize the Lord has blessed me in all things. In all things. It's easy to complain. Come on. It's easy to complain. Negativity is free. Having a mindset, it's going to cost you. But it's a key. It's a key that will open up your future. But if you don't use the key, you get ripped from your grip what God's tried to place within your possession. We've got to live this thing God's way. Amen? I want to pray for you. Just close your book and bow your head.